The Blood Red podcast is heading to Dublin and the D2 bar for an exclusive live Champions League final preview night brought to you by Carlsberg on Wednesday, May 29th. Our very own James Pearce and Ian Doyle will be joined by host Phil Egan from the Off the Ball and Stephen Daly from the LFC Day Trippers podcast. Doors open at 7pm with the event kicking off at 7.30pm and tickets are exclusive to competition winners. To enter, visit bloodred.ie. That's bloodred.ie. Don't miss out. This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to another Poetry in Motion pre-Champions League podcast. Uh, all part of the Blood Red, of course. If you are listening, uh, whatever you're listening in the world, thank you for your support. We always like to say that. Keep listening to us, keep switching us on and um, keep debating with what we're going to be about to say, agree or disagree. It is five days and counting. I'm, of course, joined... Sorry, I've got to interview, uh, introduce my guest. Kiva O'Neill is here. Hello, Kiva. How are Hello, you? Hello, I'm good. I'm coming down with a bit of a cold. So. Do you know what? I've got a bit of it myself. Um, bit of it yeah, myself. Bit of a Madrid cold, but I'll still be there and I'll... I'll get there. You're going over there. On, on, the going. Airwaves, on the airwaves, on the airwaves. On the airwaves. On the airwaves. On the old yeah. wireless. Yeah. Uh, and Joe Rimmer's here as well, the old Joe. I'm good, thanks. Yeah. Are you going yeah. over, Joe? Uh, no, no, I'm being, no, I'll be in, in the office sort of getting the, the things that Doyle and James send back from the ground. But yeah, it should be an exciting day. Pretty excited. And really excited. Really excited. I've, um, I've, I've, um, I've consoled myself with the idea now that I'm not going. I'm absolutely gutted, genuinely gutted. I'm going to get more gutted as the days go by, I think. But um, I went to Barca, kind of shot me both there, really, to be honest with you. Um, and uh, I can't get a ticket anyway, so I'm not... I, I, I like the idea, I suppose, in many ways, of going over and just standing in the bar and having a bevy. Because when you have them days in the, in yeah. the, in the town centres with all the fans, it's extraordinary. But even the fan zones are good. But they're not even showing the game in the fan zones. They're switching it off at half six, aren't they? It looks like that. I think there's been a few... Sources. Joe Anderson's got in touch with their mayor, hasn't he, to ask to, to, for them to extend it and keep it and put some sort of screen on. Um, but I don't think... They don't make a habit of it, do they? Because they don't want fans to go over without tickets. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but look, I mean, sure, if you're watching it in Liverpool, uh, everyone will have great memories of wherever they watch it. Absolutely. F- fingers crossed. I think it's. I think I'm going to put a little bit of a big screen up in, our, in my house and uh, project it and get a few family and friends out and watch it with me boys. You make it the occasion you make it, don't you? Yeah, um, exactly. Just before we start, actually, I've just pointed something out to Keeve and much to your dismay, really, isn't it? But um, if you are thinking of going over there and, and the only thing putting you off, the main thing putting you off was was the extortionate prices, um, Vueling Airlines have dropped their prices and EasyJet as we speak. I think it's quite a universal thing. So, what? if what's this? The prices mm-hmm. are all yeah, being dropped on us. Oh, yeah. So, so there's what have you just looked up? Two five five return. Yeah, one two hundred fifty. Yeah. On yeah. EasyJet, I've paid like triple. Yeah, and you've paid about six six ton. Uh, I know the Vueling, uh, the Spanish company. Yeah. Who I came back from Barcelona, great flight, no problems at all. Direct flight. They've gone down to, I think it's like three hundred and seventy eight quid return. Um, so if you are um and an and you get this podcast, have a little listen. Go online and have a look because it seems the prices are being dropped down. Whether or not it's because of the fuss that's been made, or whether or not they've yeah. seen the fact that if they put more flights on, you know they'll still earn more money. But um, flights are coming down a lot, so transportation to get there is is a possibility still. If that's what was worrying you, so a little bit Good of a public news. announcement yeah. there. Have a little look, Kiva. Let's start with the game. Five days to go. Liverpool Spurs final. We were 26 points ahead of them this year in the league. It's uh, foregone conclusion, isn't it? Tell me why. Surely is. I'm just convinced that we're going to win until we don't or, yeah. you know, we do and then that's great. Um, yeah, we finished so far above them. They had that like sort of moment when they, <clears throat> like, it all sort of ended for them. At, like, was it Burnley when they were on the pitch and Pochettino yeah, got yeah. back and then it was just sort of over then. They was never going to come back then. 
And then it was obviously a two-horse race, wasn't it? Um, but, you know, we, we beat them with some two snide goals. When Aldham's headed, I thought that was, it didn't go over the line, but it did. And then obviously Aldovira to Anfield. So, you know, they'll be looking for a little bit of revenge. And I think maybe the occasion might just take over them like it did for us last year. We, you know, we hadn't had that feeling for, what was it, 11 years since the last uh, European Cup final we were in. And, you know, I think we, we didn't probably handle it looking back. Klopp and the players would probably say the players didn't handle it as well as they probably could have or that they'd handled the quarters and semis up till then even the semis ran away from us a little bit but we managed to get through last year um, but I think Tottenham might just be I don't know I'm just hoping that they just they get there and they just go oh, hang on where Liverpool just go yeah this is us we were yeah. here last year we're coming we're coming back and we're going to win it now because you know they'll have that pain that we all have you you know it takes your months doesn't it I don't think you'd ever really get over it it's always there in the back like yeah. you have Athens and all the finals that have gone before that we've lost even this league this year you know we will look back in five years like we've looked back at 2014 thinking oh just one point really like you know so hopefully we can be looking back as we do to Istanbul and those great occasions even further back and we'll be looking back you know with with, with smiles on our faces. Fingers crossed. Um, Joe, let's have the other side of the coin. I think uh, Kiva actually pointed out, really, 26-point gap difference. Um, but very, very close games. Both our games, very, very close games. Particularly Anfield's second half, thought they overran us. They were. I mean, I think... I think if the games had been a little bit different against Tottenham, everyone would be a lot more confident going into that. But those two, two games, I think um, they're making everyone look at, look at this Spurs side and be a bit wary. But... Look, they lost 13 games in the league. I think it was 13 and 26 points between the two. And do you know what? I, I actually think if you look at the two games, they weren't as close as the scoreline suggests. Let's, if you look back at the one at Anfield, Liverpool had a great first half. They, they, they had a lot of shots at goal. They took the lead. I think Trent almost scored just after uh, Liverpool went a goal ahead. And then Spurs did have, have, have that mad spell. And I think there was a bit of nervousness around Anfield. It was obviously... You know, they were chasing the league at the time. Yeah. And then they, they had that massive miss, didn't they, where Sissoko goes through on goal and, and, and blazes it over. And I think those sorts of moments and that little spell where Spurs had like 20 minutes, because then I think at the end, Liverpool came on strong at the end and, and got the winner. But I think that spell is stuck in everyone's minds and they're going, oh, you know, Spurs almost outplayed Liverpool at Anfield, but don't forget how good Liverpool were. And then in uh, um, Wembley um, in, in September... Liverpool by far the better side. Yeah. <clears throat> and we were actually having a look, look back myself and, and Ian Doyle the other day and, and Tottenham shaded possession in, in both games ever so slightly, but Liverpool had far more shots in, in, in each game. So, I, you know, I think Liverpool are a better team. I think they're experienced. I think they've, they've been here before. I think they're a little bit more mature. Um, and despite Pochettino having quite a few years there now, I think Liverpool are fair along the development. So I, I just think if they turn up and they play anything like they can... <clears throat> this is theirs to lose that they, they, they should win this final and they should win it comfortably I even think Spurs have got an issue with, with Kane coming back I do yeah interesting yeah, going to be my next yeah, point okay well I, I won't go too far into it but I, I do think Spurs have got more issues than Liverpool going into this and, and I think Liverpool are quite comfortable with where they're at they're in a confident mood and, and hopefully that shows on the day in both of those games I feel like Spurs done something they're sort of clinging on to being not better than Liverpool anymore because there was them couple of seasons where they were better than us because we, you know, yeah. 
before Klopp, then few seasons where it was just sort of up and they could have won the league that year yeah. against Leicester. And they got they had that season where they they, yeah, they, they, were, they, they were a better, bought a lot of yeah, players. They were a they better did. team than us, but now I'd say we're the better team, and they're just sort of like, hang on, we were better like a yeah. few seasons ago, can't we? Just so I feel like that's what they do in the games and Spurs games traditionally. Since I was a kid, I've always remembered them just being. Just intense, game, haven't they? Yeah. They've just always been difficult games. It was that long... I remember being a kid because my me, me stepmom supported Tottenham, so hated them even more. Um, and I just... I remember, like, getting beat by them. Maybe it was just because, like, I didn't want to get beat more. So when you've know, got a family member or who supports a team, you sort of like, hang on, like, you don't want to get beat by them. But it just always felt like Tottenham had something over us. And then this season I feel like we've because last season it was the whole cane and penalties and all that yeah. that Anfield game was mad and I feel like we've we have took it back with these two games but we've still got to be really careful yeah you've got to be time, I mean I've, I've just been listening to Klopp's press conference and he's absolutely right you know the ball bounces one way or the other it's it's a one-off game of football and anything can happen they seem to get much more success uh, at the game in Anfield when he went three five two, yeah, because uh, yeah. they have got, they've got a decent midfield, and I think that's what we have to be wary of. I think, don't we? Yeah, I think so. I, I th- they've got goal scorers, haven't they? Everywhere, Tottenham, and and I think almost like us last season, when you when you come up against a side that that can snatch a goal out the blue, they make it really difficult. And you think back to that Anfield game, the two two, and Liverpool look like they won it, and then again they they seem to snatch it at the end. So, so look, I, you know, I, I think they are difficult. They're, their midfield, though, I don't think they're very balanced as a team. You look at them and you think their midfield. Who are they going to play? Seems to be one midfield or the other. Yeah, doesn't it? yeah. I mean, I, I don't. I can't quite work out. We were looking through their lineup. Will they play Wanyama and yeah. then play Eriksson? and um, and then where, where does Mora fit in? Where does where does Son fit in? Um, Eriksson's not the most mobile, so do you, do you put Sissoko with him for legs? So it'd be it'd be interesting to see how they line up. But I, I think. Honestly, you think Liverpool shade it in every area of the pitch. It's just I, I, whether they turn up. I think I, I think that obviously we can't be too complacent, and that that that's what kills you most of the time. I think that if we don't get the result we want, this will go down as the worst letdown. Yeah. In yeah. In, in in recent history for us, more so than the, than the final against Milan uh, in Athens, more 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 so than last year. Last year was a bit of a disaster. It was one of those weird sort of what could possibly go wrong next. Oh, that you know, and it was it yeah. was bizarre. This time round, but we were playing Real Madrid and you, you know, Gareth Bale's overhead kick kind of summed up what can happen on them nights. It was just an extraordinary piece of football. The other two goals were, were bonkers, shouldn't have happened. But this time round, there is a feeling, although we've got to be worried, there is an expectation here, isn't it? Do you think mm-hmm. that, do you think that's something that our players will, will embrace Kiva or do you think that that adds to the pressure? The fact that they're going on the pitch for the first time in a long time where they're not really, they're not really, they're not the underdogs. Well, when Alderman and Matip spoke today, didn't they, in the press day at, uh, at Anfield, the Melwood, yeah. and um, they sort of seem like their quotes reassured me a lot, like the way they're speaking of just being excited and looking forward to another game. And obviously last year would have shaped how the, the feeling and thinking about it, where last year we didn't have that experience other than, say, the, the Europa League final before that. Um, so they'd just be going into it knowing as well, we've we've got this amazing thing which is beating Barcelona 4-0 at Anfield that gives you belief for 
when would that belief ever stop? Yeah. You know, that's just, it's is like it, an eternal feeling of belief is, and optimism. It, just playing devil's, devil's advocate, though, is there, a, poss- is there a, a, a level of thinking that thinks that could have been the final? That Will they take that as the, that enormous, that enormous achievement could have been one round too early? Oh, perhaps. I think maybe that, that was, I think that was the feeling last year a little bit when in the, in the build-up to the final, it was like, Wonderful result against Man City. Uh, great first leg against Roma. It almost f- felt like they used it all up by the yeah. time they got to the final. Whereas this year, when has this side let you down this year? You know, they've changed teams in the cup competition, so I don't count them. And then throughout the Champions League, well, away from home at Napoli. But, I mean, Naples away from home is a bit of a mad one, isn't it? You know, then away from home at City, they didn't play badly. You know, the, on another day, they could have come out with that with a draw or even a win. Um away from home at Barcelona. But again, they didn't play badly, did they? And, and I think if they weren't playing Lionel Messi, they'd probably have been beaten 1-0 or, or got out of that with a draw. So I don't think this side lets you down that often. And that's why I think there's a maturity about them compared to last year. They seem to have grown. And I don't think they will. I mean, you don't you don't want to jinx it, do you? you don't, famous last words, but I don't think the pressure will get to them because they just seem... Pressure doesn't get to the likes of Virgil van Dijk. Pressure doesn't get to yeah. the likes of Mo Salah and, and Roberto Firmino and Sadio Mane. These are types of players that they're, they're the top of the, the world class. They're the cream of the crop, aren't they? And, and they seem to they seem to know where they're at now. Whereas last season felt like they were the upstarts. Now they feel like they're, 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 they belong. They've got their place in the yeah. table. I think yeah. you, you kind of uh, hinted to it before, Kiva, but you can't underestimate what it must be like to walk out to a Champions League final if you've never done it before. We did it last year. You know, you got Trent. This is his second Champions League final. Surely last year the knees are going and they're just... Like, I'm yeah. shaking now thinking about yeah. it. So like, there will be a level of nerves, but surely know, those level of nerves for Spurs is much higher. Yeah, there definitely will be. And I think our nerves will be more of like a... Your nerves drive. You don't think nerves are always a good of thing in, in life, you know. Um, so, I don't know. I feel like... It always like remember when like Barcelona come to Anfield that night and you've seen like remember the famous picture of United in the Europa League and they looked at the cop and they were like that's when it was lost I feel like Liverpool have this almost we can win it before it's kicked off and yeah. I hope that just happens almost when Spurs come out and they just sort of think well but then you've got to watch again because like the Lamella goal at Wembley and they can just just start playing at any point yeah, Spurs yeah, they just like go them. oh we haven't played for 70 minutes but we'll put in like 20 minutes now and you know, put you on the back burner. So we've just got to be really cautious and I'm getting really like, I'm shaking here. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, come on. I think there is a, f- sorry, Joe. I think there's another element to it. I think, you know, you were saying before about like, it would be a huge disappointment if Liverpool lose this. And of course it will, but flip it round think for them, they must be thinking, we can't waste this chance. Mm. This is, this is our, how often are they going to reach a Champions League final? We're used to it. Liverpool have reached nine Champions League finals. You know, I, I think for them, they must be thinking, we can't, we can't waste this chance, and that brings its own pressures, doesn't it? Yeah, and they'll be nervous. Whereas Liverpool, as I was saying before, I feel like this Liverpool team will think the worst happens this year. They could be back in the final next year. They'll, they'll be in, a, in for a shot with trophies. There's a lot of doubt around Tottenham whether, whether Pochettino stays, mm. whether big stars stay. You know, this could be whether they win it or not. This could be the beginning of a, a new cycle for them. Whereas this, for Liverpool, they just feel like they're on their own. Yeah. Well, you hinted on it before, so let's talk about it. We're talking about Spurs and we're talking about... I mean, the, the one good thing about Liverpool now heading into this final is that we pretty much know the team that's going to be selected because it's the, it's been the constant. Mm. Uh, 
you know, I mean, Salah, Salah, Salah and Firmino missing from uh, the second leg of Barca at Anfield, of course. But this is the team that we would expect to come out. Mm-hmm. Harry Kane's just chucked a massive spanner in the works, uh, I think, uh, at Spurs, isn't he? By, by declaring himself, which is quite an unusual yeah. thing to read, but he's sort of come out and said, which is an interesting thing to see, because it might just be that if he hasn't spoken to Pochettino, but he's come out to the press and said, if the game's tomorrow, I'm fit. Um, that's not going to go down very well, is it? I don't think in the boardrooms of, of Tottenham because yeah. it makes it harder. I think it was a little bit naughty, wasn't it? it was Pochettino was earlier on sort of being cagey and saying, oh, well, he's not 100% yet. I don't know whether he'd be on, he's starting on the bench or, or not in the team at all. And that's good to keep us guessing. Yeah, yeah. But- and, then, and then Kane comes out and says that an hour later. And it, I mean, don't get me wrong, he might have just been put on the spot and he's not going to say, no, I'm not fit. But he didn't, he wasn't cagey, he just said, I, I can play. And I think that, that puts a bit of pressure on the manager. But how they set up, I don't really know because Moore's been really good for them. Well, he's just got a hat-trick in the yeah. semi-final. Are you going to drop him? Really? Exactly. Son, he's been very good for them. Ericsson seems to be one of their main players. So that's, they're four really attacking players that if you, if you leave one of them out, well, you know, the, the, the Tottenham is good. And if you include them all, are you, are you exposing yourselves? Sissoko, it's just, you don't really know what you're getting with him. He can wander all over the pitch. So it'd be interesting to see how they set up. I, I can't really get my head around it at the moment. They might play, maybe they'll play three at the back. I don't know. Um, but I don't know. I can, and I can't decide personally whether I want them without, with or without Kane because he, he, he always scores goals and he seems to have a, a thing for scoring. I've got a feeling he's going to enter the affray at some point. Yeah. I think he's going to come on. Yeah. Enter the fray rather than the affray. Uh, I think he's going to bring him on during the course of the game. I think Moore has done enough to keep his place. Yeah. And I think he's going to bring him, which you know adds its own danger, doesn't yeah. it, really? Because he'd be even more dangerous playing against players who have been playing for most of the team. Most there, was, of the- there was other quotes from Kane that come out before and he was talking about his injury and saying that it wasn't like a real injury it was just sort of like something you pick up it's like it's not wrong with my body like anyone can get them yeah. like a little minor thing and it's like he's is he just trying to be like what Liverpool have been sort of like mentality that monster sort of thing yeah, like yeah. you know I'm fit like you know trying to but then he, he's totally undermined Pochettino there because he, he I think he would have liked Klopp to keep guessing because if they play Kane they play a certain way Yeah, yeah. if they don't play Kane they play with all them players just sort of playing as individuals, but yeah. sort of having, you know... Yeah, he'll play. I, I, I think there's no doubt about it. I think after, after he said that yesterday, and Tottenham are funny, aren't they? They always kind of make out like he's not going to be fit. How many times before have we seen with Kane? Oh, he's not not quite ready, and then he's in the starting lineup. And when he's fit, he plays, because there's no way he's starting on the bench. Uh, I just think it's almost like Liverpool years ago starting with Steven Gerrard on the bench, you know, even if they'd been playing quite well without him. There's no way they're not going to start Kane. He plays. Do you think he plays from the start? I, I, I think he starts, yeah. That's an interesting one. I've got a feeling he's not going to... Well, I, I guess it all does depend on, on, on how true the the, uh, the levels of fitness are. Mm. Because if he's 100% and he's fit, then maybe, yeah, yeah. But if not, I think Moore is going to feel really out of place there, not not getting a place. I think he'll try and find a way of getting them all getting in the team. Too. And I'm hoping that that could be their undoing. Him trying <clears> to do <throat> something a bit different that fits in all these players rather than make a decision. So, we'll and see. Liverpool's pretty much as we would expect it, don't we? That middle three of the main middle three of, of Wijnaldum, Henderson, and Fabino. Yeah, I'd say is um, it's difficult because I like Milner as well, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. I think he's a good head, a cool head to have. But yeah. then 
he showed, I think, that he come on against, was it Southampton, him and Henderson in that game and we needed the goal and they come on and just showed, you know, experience and I feel like maybe if he doesn't start and the game doesn't get away from us or anything like that and, you know, we go a goal to the good, two goals to the good, then he comes on, then he comes on to and shows things, things, to, to things up. Things, so starting Milner or not starting him, I feel like he's just... An asset, isn't he? Yeah. And as I think Klopp said today, you know, he's 33 and he's still developing. He's still learning new things, which is bizarre. Can mm. he live forever? Who uh, knows? There's, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's an argument to say that um, Gino and Alden was angry for getting dropped and come on and score too. So drop him again. Um, but I mean, that's much as much as I think there's maybe a little bit more of an engine in, in Gini. He holds the ball up really well, doesn't he? Yeah, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? A sneaky feeling. He does like Milner in big games, doesn't he? But... Milner would make more sense. I know Wijnaldum came on had a great impact against Barcelona, but you know I think if you, whether you're leading or chasing it late on, Milner might make more sense then. Wijnaldum, I think, you know, if you're looking to control the game, you want Wijnaldum in there, don't you? Because he yeah. does, he does keep the ball well, he does hold it up well. And I'd be very surprised if it wasn't Fabinho, Wijnaldum, and Henderson. Yeah, um, but who knows? You know, Klopp does pull them out every now and again doesn't he yeah he does you hinted on it then and, and, and was one one thing that stood out from the uh, the Klopp press conference before was we were talking about the team and the spirit of the team and he pulled out Millie as an example he said he's what is he 33 yeah 33. and he said and he said he's, he's, he's it's it's his ability to still learn and I hadn't really thought about that with him because with someone like Milner you, you assume he knows all he knows and you, you assume he, he knows all there is to know but he has really, hasn't he? When you think about it, he has, he's learned, he's adapted, he's, he's gone better and better and better. Is that something that, that you can attribute to the, just the, the absolute talent of Klopp as a, as a man manager who just brings people on and advances people? Uh, no matter how old they are, no matter how much they've learned, there's always something else to learn. I think it's it's a combination of Klopp and Milner. It's almost like the, the perfect player finding the perfect yeah, manager yeah. to develop him. Yeah, good point. Because Milner, I, I read a good interview... So forgive me for not knowing. It was either the mail or, or, or maybe the, the mirror um, with Milner from this week. And he just seems like the most committed, determined man to everything. It was, it was like a piece about him. He's learning Spanish in his own time and he insists on talking to his kids in Spanish. And like, basically, he drives his kids and his wife mad, but do, but will not stop doing yeah, it. And, yeah, um, and determined. it's that determined yeah. attitude, isn't it? And, it? and he was also talking about Messi and how. Messi had called him a donkey in Spanish at halftime. And, um, you know, he said basically Messi didn't know that I knew what he meant, but I did. And That's you could tell there's a little bit of, you know, I think Milner, there's a competitiveness that you, you might underestimate a little bit. And from hearing that from Messi, it's not doesn't surprise me. He got stuck into him. So I don't know. I think it's the perfect player along with the manager, the right manager, just who gets the best out and the absolute best. You'd always wish with Milner. I always think, I wish we would have got him when he was sort of, because yeah. he was tipped like years ago, wasn't yeah. he? His name flew about a little bit around the time Gareth Barry and him. And obviously Gareth Barry ended up where he did. And then we got Milner and it was like, oh, we're probably just, it's going to be his twilight years. We'll just, you know, he'll have a good, have a go when he's a, committed player but we've he's played better for us arguably you think he scored more goals and if he takes penalties but he scored more goals and I think maybe add more assists we'll have to check that but I feel like he's had a better impact at Liverpool than he's probably had anywhere else it considering seems to be, yeah. he won two Premier Leagues at Man City yeah. but you know what he's on the cusp of now yeah. is winning a Champions League final and you know that doesn't come around very often for a lot of players if ever so you know be great for him, wouldn't it? it would yeah. Cap off 
an amazing career. We forget that season he played yeah. left back for the entire season. <laughs> he's, just he's, just, he's just an extraordinary player to watch. He could run through a brick wall. He very, very rarely, you know, he's had his head gashes and yeah, he's had yeah. God knows what else. And very rarely rumbles around on the floor, does he, no. holding his shins. He just gets up and runs off. And that extraordinary shot of him, he was the last person to touch the ball yeah. before the 4 0 one he? The pitch, the, just the sight of him in tears and. And as a fan, you want to see that commitment from players, don't you? You don't mind getting to be... I always say that's what puts us aside from other fans, is that yet again, there's people on social media saying, you know, I put a little piece on that someone's brilliantly edited together and I just put, fancy not supporting us. And some people come on saying, fancy not winning anything in such and such. And I genuinely I genuinely mean this. It's about the moments they give you. Yeah, and yeah. that whole piece was about their moments. How can you try and take the, the mickey out of that Barcelona game? You can't, because your team can't do it. Yeah. There's an amazing banner by ours. I mean, there's loads of banners going up. And then reading, reading reports in the paper about people saying they're getting letters off the council saying, take your banners <laughs> down because you're starting to make the place look like a council estate and all this kind of stuff. But there's a banner and, and I drive past it and uh, when, whenever I leave our house and, and, it, and it just says, we've seen things they'll never see. And it just gives me goosebumps because we have. I mean, you think about it, the city last year, the Barca this year, and it's that commitment, that level, that extraordinary level. And Klopp saying, Klopp said in, in the press conference, he's never seen a game like that. And the commitment was just extraordinary. He had Henderson, who couldn't, had to be lifted to his feet because he had nothing left in the tank. Milner just red faced. I mean, that red, that energy, the burning off him. And it, it's it's an extraordinary thing to watch as a fan, isn't it? And know that you've got players like that who seem to keep learning. This team's extraordinary. I think the, the likes of Milner, you think. If people talk about good English midfielders the last 20 years, they'll say Gerrard, they'll say Lampard, they'll say Scholes, quite rightly. And they probably wouldn't say Milner. And I think I think that's harsh, you know, because I think what he's won, what he could win, the, the clubs he's played for and the career he's had, he should be right up there. And, and perhaps he, he never will get the credit he deserves. But I think fans who've seen him play every week, and I'm sure Man City fans, I know they boo him every week, but I'm sure deep down they, they have a hell of a lot of respect for him. It's the same at Liverpool and, and elsewhere where he's been. So, And like you were saying before, at moments, I think I'm I'm 31 in the next week and, and I think my my 30 years supporting Liverpool haven't been as fruitful as, as like my, dad, my dad's generation. But then I've, I've had some amazing European nights at Anfield. I've seen some amazing cup finals and, and it's not just the, the the things that they win; it's the way they do it. And you know, I think you think Arsenal—they've won the league a few times, they've won some FA Cups, but they've never had in the last thirty years have they had as good a times as us? You wouldn't swap it, would you? No, you wouldn't swap no. it. No, Chelsea, not for nights like Chelsea. You wouldn't swap it. I, I don't care what they've won, Man City. You wouldn't swap it. You know, Man United is probably the only other team that can say we've had some amazing nights. Um, but in the last thirty years, you, you can count them, can't you? You can name every big club in Europe. And we've done away with them at Anfield, so and, and away and away from home, so it, it is it is amazing. And yeah, I don't think there are any any other clubs like it really. And as far as the manager Keeves is concerned, three European finals in four seasons with our club. What a, what a, what a manager! Yeah, I mean, it could be different if we would have won them, and then we'd be looking back going, hey, you know, but. You know, if we win this one, they're put to bed. You're not really thinking. You think no. about the game ahead, yeah, and this is what we've got to look forward to. And thinking about what a special club this is, I feel like if we do go and win it, which I hope we do, the reaction in, well, all around the world, but in this city in particular, that parade will be the biggest thing to ever happen. It mm -hmm. feels like it's going to be, the, the streets will just be lined with people. I can't imagine even being able to get near anything other than just 
people around you because it's going to be nuts because this football club and the city is so special and the surrounding areas. I just, it's just, it's magnificent, the support as well. Like the, the fella from, where was that? Like the northern most. Oh, the northernmost town in the world. And he's like there with his, yesterday. he's there with like his. With a polar bear. And, yeah. yeah it's mad. And it's yeah. just like, you know, we're supported all over the world. Well, it's, it's interesting because going off the back of that, um, there was there was something in the Echo, I think, recently about, about the, the amounts of support in Europe for Liverpool yeah. now because of what they're doing, yeah. because of the team they've become. Uh, people calling them, you know, well, the strongest, the most dangerous team in Europe. So you've got all the Madrid fans are all supporting, of course, are all support because what they did to Barca. So they're all supporting it, but, but all over the world, they've, they've, they've really, they've, they've made world football sit up and, 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 and notice them, haven't they? Just in the performances and the, the engine on them and what they did to Bayern Munich and what they did to Barcelona. That Barcelona thing cannot be underestimated, can it, in the, in, in the annals of football history of, of what they achieved there that night? I think the difference is if we win, we are the best team. But if Tottenham win, we're still the best team, but they've won. Well, listen, you know what I mean? That's why I was saying earlier on, it's, it, it will be the most disappointing of, of all, I think. I think, you know, the league was massive disappointing. I know, Joe, I know, Joe, you, you, you very honestly said in the last podcast, you were totally gutted over the league. But there was a sense all the way through the league that we were playing a, champ, a, yeah. a, a, a massive team in City, massively funded, massively, you know, f- uh, talent throughout. So you could virtually play two teams, couldn't you, at City, and they'd both be really high standard. So there was almost this feeling of of the rejection of that, of not winning the league, being just stumbling at the last point rather than the fact that we had any stage in it, we're going to do it because City was so good. This feels different, doesn't it? This feels like... It will be an enormous slap in the face if if things don't go our way. Definitely, yeah, I, I, it's absolutely spot on, isn't it? Like as you say, City were always favourites, but but Liverpool, even when they drew Barcelona, I think you wouldn't have found many people that were, were saying that Liverpool couldn't win it. And yeah, I think they're such heavy favourites now. And I think for Klopp, for the players, they don't want that tag of being bottlers, do, do they? You know, you, you don't want to get to the final, lose another final. And, 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 and Klopp's got the monkey to get off his back yeah, as well, yeah. Annie, of, of not winning the final. Exactly. And every other final he's been in, I, I think there's been an argument that Liverpool weren't in the right place where they could win. You know, no. Real Madrid, everything went wrong. And, and they. it was incredible that they were even in that final. Um, Sevilla had won it twice before were, were very very good far far further along in their development than Liverpool Klopp was in his first season they, they lost the league he was also penalties. very open in the press conference today saying yeah. that we had nothing in the tank didn't he yeah, that's yeah, the first exactly, time I've sort yeah. of him publicly say that so, so you think that there's always there's always been an argument that those other finals they were fine margins and, and, and things working against Liverpool this time it feels like everything's in place this, this team's at the right level they're the favourites they need to go in there and make it a disappointing afternoon. It's been a great run for Tottenham, but just like we've seen before where we've had nice runs and they've ended in disappointments, I'm sorry, but they've got to do that to Spurs. They've got to be the, the big boys and, and play like it. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. And I think the big difference now, Kiva, is that the Liverpool side we're talking about now I've got players like Van Dijk who, if you think about moments that have got us where we are in this league and got us where we are in this cup, you've got Van Dijk coming in. Were you talking about the, the last-minute chance that um, Sissoko had yeah, yeah. at Spurs? 
That was as much to do with Virgil mm. van Dijk's incredible positioning because he put himself between him and Son, so he couldn't really put the ball across. Drove him to the left-hand side as we could force. Really, really intelligent football. And then, so he's one of our acquisitions that surely have made a massive difference to us as a team. The second one, I'm looking at, I've been looking at all week at these amazing, um, put-together, edited pieces of, of, of our journey through the Champions League. Alisson's save Napoli. against Napoli. You know, you look at that and you think, that's us done. We're done. Extraordinary, and he's done that time and time again. I can I remember him doing that against Hazard in 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 the in the in the, uh, in the first leg. Uh, sorry, in the, uh, the 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 game against yeah, Chelsea this yeah. season. Hazard broke. He did it again. He did it against uh, Jordi Alba. Surely we've got when you look at the two comparisons of last year. Yeah, we've got Loris Carriers, who you know you look back at that and you think. I honestly do believe there's a shout for him having concussion now, because how else do you explain what the hell went on there? So you've got him out the picture, and you've replaced him with Allison, one of the one of the surely one of the top three goalkeepers in the world. If you talk about Oblak, and you talk about Edison, you, you, you've got to Allison's got to be up there. So these are differences that we've put in place now that surely should have an effect on the way we play this final, shouldn't it? Yeah, most definitely because Allison himself got knocked out in the semi-finals by Liverpool, so he'll have his own. I want to win it because you know he could have, they could have done it, Roma, um, but obviously they never. I feel like you do sort of look through, you know, when you're sort of just sitting at home or whatever and you can't stop thinking because it's always thinking about the Champions League final. You're writing about it, thinking about it, talking about it. And you sort of think through the team and you do sort of go to that. You know, I've sort of erased the whole carriers thing from mine because it is quite painful to think back and watch. And, you know, Van Dijk, I think he said that like he hasn't, he's, only watch the goals when they've been on and he hasn't like chose yeah, to watch them. I've never them. ever watched it since. I sat there watching it live. I was in the I was in the stadium, but I, I've never other than the days after it when you see the little clips, yeah. but I would never ever it's almost the one you 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 just well you always erase losing the finals, let's be honest with you. But that one in particular was one that um was just a non event, wasn't it? Yeah. But now we've got Alison in goal and yeah. not to take away from Loris Caris, but he, he wasn't probably good enough for Liverpool no. and you know we've got Brazil's number one. Yeah, you know, Brazil's yeah, number just one. Just behind the world's number one, in my opinion. Which is, you know, unbelievable. Yeah. And he is a great goalkeeper. I think that save, you know, he had loads of great moments over the season. But that, you know, that was in the dying seconds of the game and we were going out them. You know, Spurs, they scored a lot of late goals to go through. That moment for us is as big as anything, isn't it? You can score late goals and you can you can save yeah, Save of course, you've well got all over the pitch. They played the game as well uh, um, uh, midweek, didn't they? Liverpool. Yeah. Because, of course, it's freshness. You're yeah, three weeks yeah. away from playing your last game of football. So it's that match freshness, isn't it, that we need, the, the match sharpness. So they played a little played a little behind closed doors game, didn't they? But we are talking full strength side, aren't we? Yeah, pretty much. Cater's the, the only Cater's the only admission, which is a huge shame. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame for him. I think the, th- the three-week thing is a joke, you know. It, it really... Not only does it put this game, I mean, I mean, you would rather see these both these sides fresh, having, you know, not not this longer wait. But secondly, it's played in the Spurs, it's having better than Liverpool, hasn't it? Because it's allowed three weeks for any yeah. doubts or any, <coughs> excuse me, anything to fester like that for Liverpool for to get away from that Barcelona result. And also to allow Spurs to get people back fit. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know they they were like the walking wounded. But Tongan was out, yeah, wasn't he? And and now they they've got most of their players back fit. But all Liverpool can do is use it to prepare. And it's interesting the way they they're going about preparing for it. As you b- before, you're saying it took me probably took me eight years to look back on those that Athens game, Athens game, and, yeah. I, and I never looked at the goals. I was there that day, and 
<clears throat> I, I barely remember that much about the game because I've never watched it back. And only recently have I, have I watched the goals back. But I watched the, the Madrid ones just the other day and um, it is bizarre. And you look at what Carriers did in that game and, and just think, I mean... You know, there's mistakes the, the, out of this world, aren't they? That they're the sort of thing that if someone if someone did that in the fourth division, you, you'd see it do the rounds on Twitter, and everyone go, "Ah, oh, look at this goal, this mistake, this goalkeeper made." Never mind in a Champions League final, it was bizarre, and maybe he did was concussed. But he was definitely got an elbow on the face from Ramos uh, right at the start of the game. The, one of the first attacks, he elbowed, elbowed him in the face. The, it was the first goal is one of the weirdest goals you'll ever it's see. Extraordinary. And I've, like you say, it's 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 you'd, surely if, surely a professional goalkeeper hasn't done something like that for for fifteen twenty. Yeah. Yeah, it's just random, isn't it? It's like the little things you see. I just remember Robbie Keane scoring a goal where a goalkeeper rolled it out to take a to take a and kick, he in. and he sneaked in. And, yeah. it, and you watch that on repeat for like it's like the Charlton years. goal the other yeah. day. Well, yeah, was it well, Sunderland yeah. and was Charlton passed. They, they they come up though, haven't they? But I mean, yeah. he passed it back, and the keeper was just like not ready for it. And, and it was well, like, he, I mean, it wasn't that he wasn't ready. I think it was one of the things where he's looked up at where he's going to put it, and on his foot's yeah. gone. It's gone under his foot. But, yeah. but in a Champions League final, exactly, it's it, massive. You can't comprehend. If you can't focus for that, yeah. and it, if it's not concussion, it's completely yeah. also lack yeah. of focus, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and and nervousness, and yeah. and I think if that's not concussion, that's him thinking like the first goal he's throwing the ball out, isn't he? He's thinking, oh, I need to start an attack here, and and just not relaxing. Whereas Allison just seems a different character, doesn't he? He seems so composed. Well, so it's like you've just said, keep it as well. I think you need players in your team who 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 know that they deserve to be yeah. there. Yeah, they exactly. know that they're yeah. there by right. And it's also players, like, you know, when you play football yourself, you would want to be on a pitch with people that you of think... Course. I remember growing Raises up and playing as a kid and you'd play with, like, one of my best mates, Danny. He was amazing. And if he was on our team, you knew you were going to yeah. win because yeah. he was yeah, amazing. Absolutely, yeah. And that'll be the feeling they have. They'll think, yeah. this goalkeeper's great, Van Dijk's great. Yeah. You know, they'll yeah. all be looking at each other thinking, I'm glad he's starting. I'm I was always I'm the last one to get picked him. and I had the teacher's shorts on because I'd forgotten mine. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even get like, oh, Go on, we'll have 15 and go on then. <laughs> no, you're right. It, it, it breeds it, doesn't it, having that. And I think we've got, you know, we've got it right through the team. And when you look at, you know, you look at the, the likes of Trent and you see someone who's, who's is he just 10, 20? It's his, it's his second Champions League final. And there will be a lot more. Compa- I keep going back to this because I'm always trying to find things that are going to make me feel better because I will be dreading. I mean, every day I wake up, the stomach's getting more knotted. <laughs> but you have to look for it. Just how much do you think, Joe, just how much walking onto that pitch will take out of someone like Tottenham who, who really are still pinching themselves are there? It's going to be interesting. Isn't it? They, they have got experienced players, uh, Loris, the goalkeeper, who makes a lot of mistakes, by the way. If he stays he, off the air um, long enough. Yeah. He he played in the World Cup final. You know, they've they've got so did Sissoko. They've got they've got massive players there and, and it's not as if they, they go into it completely inexperienced. But I just think last season being fresh in Liverpool's minds and, and just some the way they've played in the league this year, there's like there's a growing confidence about the team, isn't it, that it belongs and and the likes of Trent, you know. Trent's come in. He's the most inexperienced member of the team, but the way he plays, he plays like someone who's been playing the game for a long time. Because he doesn't doesn't play anything safe, does he? he and 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 by that I mean that he doesn't. He's full tilt, yeah, isn't he? Full he, tilt he all the time. He doesn't make mistakes by doubting himself. He he does everything. You look at that corner. That comes from a lad full of confidence who tried something in a massive game against yeah. Barcelona. It paid off. So you don't have any doubts about him, Andy Robertson. A year on, another year on. You think he he now. He's no longer just like the bargain buyers. He he believes he's one of the best in Europe, and, and so he should. Centre halfs, Matip seems to have grown into it. Van Dijk's Van Dijk, and then in midfield, 
you know, I think again they all believe they belong in the front three of the front three. So I just think Liverpool will shade it. Um, whereas Tottenham, there'll be some doubts about them. There'll be some doubts. You know, I, I think midfield, you're not quite sure. Defence, they've got some players. Sanchez, who's a, who's a young lad who is quite sure of himself that the centre halves have made mistakes before. Trippier as a right back, good attacker, but doesn't defend very well. So you know, the, there are more doubts about Tottenham and more questions about them. Than there there isn't. I think. I think. Even in every position at Liverpool now, we're, we're, we seem balanced, don't we? Um, I know we started off the season with Gomez got injured. He was brilliant. He was just faultless. He was doing fantastically well. Joel Matip must must have a mention for Joel Matip. I mean, he's just been outstanding, hasn't he? He's just it's that feeling as well of when you play along someone like Virgil Van Dijk, you, you're learning, you're learning all the time. You're learning to be a tighter player. You're learning to, and he's just he's just come on leaps and bounds. And if if there was a weak position in the team when he first came in, you would probably have gone. You point at Matip, but he seems to have strengthened that up. We don't seem to have... I know I'm tempted fate, I'm touching what as I say it all, but we don't... I don't feel like we have a weakness at, at this stage. There's no Moreno there in the sidelines, you know, there's no one. And then we've got a bench that we never had against Madrid as well. So it's it's, it's a positive lineup, isn't it? And it's and it, and it's 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 a fairly faultless first 11. Like I was saying before, you look through the team from the goalkeeper up and Matip is the one that you go, oh, maybe we could have a stronger centre-back, but could we? Have you... If you watched all them highlights from all them games he played, some of them he played better than Van Dijk and he some got man of the match yeah, for a few yeah. of them. Some, of his, like, some of his his, his, uh, his runs out of defence are extraordinary. I mean, he probably he, does he need to curve his enthusiasm a little bit yeah, on that. My heart nearly goes, but he, he's actually really good on the ball and, you know, when he comes out, you do kind of think he just sort of seems get to slalom through. Where does and he get the confidence to do that for him? It must be from Virgil van Dijk yeah, saying, crack yeah. on, I'm all right. I think yeah. that's yeah. the one thing I don't want to see him do yeah. in the final, though, because I just I'd think... I'd like to see him do it unless, right up to a 30-yard thunderbolt to the top corner, <laughs> me, to be honest. Yeah, if it ends that way, then yeah, but if not, because you just don't want to see him lose the ball. Yeah. He, he lost it there a couple of times in the season because, you know, he does at least one a game. There must be a ratio. Matip is definitely going to have a little run into the midfield. But it, it is, like you say, it's that confidence that these players have got. And he's like, Van Dijk's obviously like, yeah, go on, mate, have a little, have a little run with it. Do you know what I like about him? He's, he's got more aggressive. He feels yeah. feels more yeah. like... It was always something of, we, used to, yeah. we used to hint at like, yeah. in our previous podcast was he was a bit of a pushover. A bit passive and, and he, he seems to have grown a little bit. And it, it, it's almost... Perhaps there was an element of like, I've fallen down to fourth choice here. Yeah. And I, I don't want to lose my place when he got his chance. And, you know, he's still. Lovren's looking like a distant <clears throat> pass now, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. And it is. Look, he's still got the biggest 50 p in football, Matthew. I've never seen a lad head the ball in yeah, some. Yeah. Well, for some of his height, direction. I mean, there's lack of attacking yeah, yeah. headers for the kickoff. But it, but at least he puts himself about a bit now. My mates won't let me forget it. I, I Earlier this season, we had a bit of a row when I said, I still think. I still think I'm right in a way before they, they listen to this and give me some grief. But you know, we had an argument who's better, Lovren or Matip. And I said, I didn't like Matip at all. And I had a bit of a go at him. And you know what? He's totally proven me and, yeah. and many others wrong because he's had a really good six months. And you know, I don't. I know Joe Gomez is back fit, but you just wouldn't start anyone else but Matip in that final, wouldn't you? And I, as much as Lovren, we know what he did last year and stuff, I wouldn't have him anywhere near just because... He's got that. He's that ability to just that just, capitulation. He's got a mistake in the team. It's him, you know. I've just he's always feel had like, a bit of a mistake. Or in he's going to be a man of the match yeah. and score a header later. He's just it's either or, and yeah. you just don't know what you're going to get, yeah. and that, that stresses me out. You get with the problem always been with Lovren. You get ten great games, yeah. and then one mistake, and everyone remembers them. And that was my argument. Everyone remembers the mistake and says he's crap because of that mistake. But you know, in general, he's he's not a bad centre off. No. But 
I don't mind just coming on if there's an injury. Put it that way. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, he has got that. You, you could see him, and you can picture his face now. He's just angry looking as well. Yeah. He's got that aggressive yeah, side yeah. which you need. But then sometimes I feel like he has that tendency to let his emotions yeah, run away yeah, from him on yeah. the pitch, which is never a good thing. Which is. I'd even argue that for Moreno, but it, I just don't think he's sometimes a footballer. The, the funny, the funny thing about Matip is he was probably too far the other way in the past. Yeah. I think like didn't, didn't commit, commit, as much, nice. commit as much, and whereas Lovren would dive in and miss something, yeah. Matip would be passive yeah, and, and, he'd wait, sort of wait and wait for something. And I always preferred the proactive approach. But to be fair, now to Matip, he, he's he seems to have found the right balance. Whether it is playing alongside Van Dijk, but yeah, he, he's really come through and. You know, we got him for free as well, didn't we? For free. You know? And um, he's he's not that old, you know, I'm sure. He's, not, he's like 27, 28 or something. He's touch old, is he touch older than that? Maybe, you maybe. think he's older than he is. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. Google it and get back to his. But I hope they give him a new contract. Because he's, he's earned it as well. Uh, it's just somebody else that uh, has been a massive, massive influence during this season, mate. <clears> and, and, and who is going to have a massive influence in this final is Fabinho. Yeah. How, how, how much quality has he brought to this season? And, and as an almost, he's, he's instilled a confidence in midfield the way Van Dijk has in defence, hasn't he? Absolutely. Where you feel like he's always going to, even if he loses the ball, you feel like he's getting it back. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's one year to the day since they signed him today and um, it was a signing that came so out the blue. Yeah. I, I remember I was in work with, um, with Doyle and we, we, we were on together. There was a few rumours in the morning coming from France that have bore him for him. And, um, there wasn't much going. And then... People were still travelling back from Kiev, weren't they? And yeah, yeah, exactly. And Doyle checked it out and it was, he texted me later on saying, yeah, it looks like a goer. And then he texted me like half an hour later saying, and I'd, I'd gone home by this point, so I had to jump online. He said, they're going to sign him in 10 minutes time. So I was like, I'll get online yeah. and, and get it ready. But he, he's just come in. And I think the, the biggest compliment you can make for him, same, same with Van Dyke, is he's made everyone else look better. Yeah. He's, he's, he's given... You know, no, no one's having to go at Henderson because Henderson yeah. has been allowed to move forward and and start enjoying himself a bit more. That's the influence that, yeah. a positive, that an incredible player has on the rest yeah. of the people around him, isn't he's, it? He's an incredible passer of the ball. I think his passing is far better passing, than I ever thought. But his retrieval, his tackle timing. I mean, sometimes he, he goes to make a tackle and you think he's going to have to get this spot on. And, you know, 99 times out of 100, he gets it spot on. Who was it the other day? Say one of the players was it might have been Matip, and he said his legs seem to extend yeah, when he makes yeah. a tackle. Yeah, to inspect the gadget legs, yeah. I call him. It's just extraordinary. It's like seems, a spider, he is. He seems to get his toe on everything. It's just timing. I mean, I think you can't underestimate, going back to the, the, the incredible Barcelona night, that initial, that early stages yeah, tackle yeah, on Messi, say, yeah. where Robertson runs up and pushes Messi's head. Yeah. But that first tackle, you felt like Messi was gliding through and then he's gone, woof, he's hit the deck and he's thought, hello, don't fancy this. Yeah. And then he got booked just after that on a tackle yeah. on Suarez, I think, wasn't it? Or, or, yeah, I think so. So he yeah. had 80 minutes in the yellow card and ha, still ha, guided his way through the game. How Brazil have left him out the Cup of America squad? It's Th- just, well, thank God for us. For that, for, but it's know. beyond me. But he's perfect for Liverpool as well, because what he, what he, when he wins the ball back... He's, he's like that, isn't he? His head's up and bang, the ball goes forward so quick that those front three can get on their bikes. And and I, and I he's got his tackling and his passing are just by far his two best attributes. So I think he's 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 one of the best around at both. And you know, um, he, he's up the level of this team. You know, and I have to say, you know, I was quite happy again with Henderson in that role. Thought he was doing well, but. But now he's a Fabinho's, been advance. Yeah, and Fabinho's raised the bar even further. And, and that's the job they've got this summer, try and find anyone that can raise the bar further. Because if they can, they'll go on. Well, to kick on from this is be very impressive. Matip is 27. 27. 27. Yes. Good shout. Yeah. All right, give me a score prediction, Kiva. I can't. <laughs> I've been doing it. I've been doing it all 
season and I'm just this is the one where I'm not giving you nothing I'm sorry I can't do it I can't I can't jinx it can't give anything I could never bet on Liverpool so when I'm asked for score predictions I always just be nice and go yeah this score but I'm not doing it this time I'm sorry Joe any advance a Liverpool uh, win uh, would be nice a Liverpool but, yeah. win let's just go for that I've got to be honest I'm tempted to um, plead the fifth myself because it is yeah. I don't like making predictions no, at the don't. best of times are I you going to make one? no I'm not going to well if you're not making one I'm not well, making one because I don't want to be the one who makes it as Paul Gascoigne once said I never make predictions and I never will <laughs> beautifully Gascoigne-esque do, do no. you know what? I'm going to make one I'm going to make Go two on Liverpool I, I, I think it'll be another nervy one because Liverpool just don't do things in fact well they don't do things in general without being nervy but yeah. in finals and um, and Tottenham seem to always score so I'm going to say it's 2-0 Tottenham pull one back they just hang on okay so you're going to make one now alright I'm going to make one then I'm going to say I'm going to say 3 I'm going to say 3-0 Liverpool 3-0 you're wow. going for it yeah yeah I'm going for it yeah Good. I'm going Good. for it I'm going to go for it um, we must mention as well because I know this is a Liverpool podcast but there is we are in the North West here and there is another fantastic team that we shouldn't forget so Tramier over as well done yeah yeah well done Second success. So my town, you know. Well, you know, yeah. second success of uh, promotion. Good on the good on the trannies. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Carr, as my granddad calls them. I know they call them. What do they call the all whites? What do you call them? The yeah, super white army. Super white oh, army. There you go. So the whites are going up. Well done. Then we must just quickly mention as well. Uh, Blood Red Live is coming yeah. back at you. Fifth of June. Yeah, week Wednesday. It's week, a week Wednesday. Wednesday. Hopefully, we'll week's have month. lots. And lots of positivity to talk about. We will have anyway, but let's hope that yeah. the old Biggie is, is back here and, and, and we can talk about what an incredible night we've had there. Uh, 7.30 doors open, is it, Joe? Yeah, 6.30 doors open. 6.30 doors 7, open. 7pm start. If they win it, it's going to bounce. If they don't, come along and drown your sorrows. Well, and, come along yeah. and, and if you're angry, if you're happy, whatever, we're the sounding board. Uh, we've yeah. got great guests uh, to, to have a little chat with us as well on the stage and just let's get together as Reds and, and at least whatever happens, we celebrate a hell of a season one way or the other. Tickets available. Um, yeah, on Eventbrite, go on any of our social channels, um, the, the Twitter feed, Facebook or whatever. Um, um, five pounds. It's great, like five pounds. You get a free sport. free bevy with that? No, not, no, not no, this time. You but, don't know. It, it's still, a, it's only. A I wish you'd prep me before I yeah. say that. <laughs> but if we win the European Cup, I'll be giving everyone a hug. Yeah, oh, so come you on. don't want to miss yeah. them. They're yeah. special. Kiva hugs all round. Kiva hugs all round. Uh, five pound a ticket, and there's a quiz on. There's some great guests as well. Uh, it's just a good night, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's a great night. It's, you know, it's, a, it's a really fun. We've night. We've had a couple of them now, and it is a really fun night. It, it's just it's fuzzy beer, bit of. Bit of a good time. What, what, what Kieran Molyneux is going to play a few tunes for us. So yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, can, we, can we reveal guests? Yeah, yeah, we can reveal the well, guests. Well, we got Peter Newton on, who's my yeah. cousin, who's also was obviously is the uh, uh, does the Alley La Rouge podcast as well. Uh, very, very knowledgeable. A hell of a lad, anyway. Um, of course, lead singer with the farm, so you got a bit of a star st- uh, status there as well. He'd probably he's, still be hungover from Madrid. I as well. imagine <laughs> he is. I mean, he's home and away. He's full on, and he's and he's got some great stories to tell. He's just a great fella, anyway. So, uh, who else is on? Uh, James Pierce, as always. Pierce, and, yeah. um, and this time he's going to be joined by Ian Doyle. So our two main Liverpool correspondents, um, who are both both out in Madrid. So um, they'll be able to say all about the weekend and hopefully all about a six European Cup. Fingers crossed, Big Ears comes back. Five days to go. Possibly our 60 European uh, Cup. Uh, it, just, it just is beyond thought, isn't it? Um, this is the one, five days to go. Uh, just cross everything. Cross your legs, cross your fingers, cross everything for a Liverpool win. Remember the banner. We've seen what they'll never see. Let's hope we do that again Saturday. This has been uh, Poetry Emotion Up The Reds. Thank you to Kiva and thank you to Joe. And uh, fingers crossed for Liverpool win. Come on, you red men. 
You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.